Hello and welcome to Recovery Internet Radio, brought to you live and direct every Sunday from Straight Stuff Studios. Hope you're having a great weekend and thanks for joining us. Uh, I've got a couple of quick announcements before we get the show going here tonight. I'd like to say a couple of quick words about one of our uh, one of our one of our sponsors, one of our friends, uh, Dirty Laundry Designs. They do uh, great cards for uh, recovery, uh, celebrating celebrating recovery. Pretty uh, pretty unique. Yeah, it's a unique idea. It's really really cool stuff. Nice pictures. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't you can't go to Hallmark for for these anniversaries sometimes. You know, you gotta, no, they don't have recovery cards they as far as I know. Yeah, you, birthday from your son, birthday from your mother, but you know, celebrating 25 years of sobriety, it's hard to find the right card, you know. Yeah. But in any case, uh, so check them out at dirtylaundrydesigns.com, and you can uh, peruse their wonderful selection of uh, lovely cards and uh, other doodahs things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that stuff. So that's a great thing. This is actually show uh, episode number 74. So thanks for uh, thanks for making us a success here after a, a year and a few months. We're we're happy to be uh, providing something that we hope you enjoy. So keep right on listening. What else do we got? We got we got some more. Uh, we got a couple of more quick announcements here. Yeah, you got one, or uh, I've got. Are you gonna do sidekicks? I am gonna do sidekicks. Okay. We were just working out who does what here. Yeah. Promo promo this promo that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, we we support uh, an organization called Sidekicks, which is a youth mentoring program designed for and maybe kids that might be might be having a little trouble in this way or that, and uh, you know might not quite into quite fit into the, the big brother big sister kind of thing. But we try to provide a, a positive and healthy uh, mentor for for these kids, and it's it's no cost. Um, you know, check us out. It's uh, Sidekicks Mentoring dot Org. Org. That's right. Dot org. I was going to say something else, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's a it's a great program. Um, we're we're rolling right along. So, is there a phone number on that? Um, there might be, but it's on the website. <laughs> it's not right in front of me. Oh, okay. There's definitely a phone number. There is a phone number, yeah, but yeah. we don't know it. Eight one five. Some other numbers. So, yeah. You know, give give them all a try. Yeah. Now check us out online. And yeah, with that, I'm going to pass it over to our uh, host of the most here, Mr. Rick Atwater. All right. Bada boom. Bada bang. Symbol. I just want to mention a couple things. We're friends of ours, uh, a band called Double Take, um, and uh, you can find out what they're doing by going to doubletakechicago.com. And uh, we actually just went to see them last night. They were a lot of fun. Yeah, I hear uh, I hear good things. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they were great, and uh, we always enjoy seeing them. And so go out and see them. They play Chicago suburban area. You know. Um, what, what would you say, fifties uh, to today type yeah. music, good dance music, fun, yeah, fun, fun cover cover songs, yeah, good stuff. And our last announcement, um, Dr. Tom Franz with Franz Chiropractic, our friend, Dr. Tom Franz, and you can reach Tom for the best chiropractic care in the area at eight one five four 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 nine four six six. And if you ask him, he might do an impression for you too. Boom. Okay. Um, so, welcome to Recovery Internet Radio and our show, Straight Stuff on Addictions. Tonight, our tag is His Vice of Choice Was More. And I thought long and hard about the was, but I went with it. <laughs> um, and thanks for joining us tonight, where we are every Sunday night at 8. And thanks to our engineer, Chris. 
Hey. And our guest, Steve B. You can call in uh, to the show if you have questions or comments, or if you just want to heckle us in general, which is, you know, <laughs> you have a little trouble over there? There's a fly here. We'll, we'll get them sometime during this. Uh, My serenity is gone, and the fly is taken over. For on. our Hindu friends, we'll be kind. Um, anyway, um, so if you want to call in, our number is 323-792-2977. Again, 323-792-2977. That number stays the same. So Same every week, yeah. Yeah, same every week. So if you want to call in, you can do that. Or you can tweet us at Rick Atwater. Nice and easy. That, yeah, that one should be easy to remember. It's easy for me to remember. <laughs> um, and uh, that's also, that stays the same. And uh, you can tweet us live um, or anytime, but you can tweet us live. We'll get it. Yes, While we, we talk. Yes, we will. We or on, uh, you can you can reach us on our Facebook too at uh, Recovery Internet Radio on Facebook. Okay, so mm-hmm. you can get to us a lot of different ways. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, remember to check us out at RecoveryInternetRadio.com. That's RecoveryInternetRadio.com for all our archive shows and recovery resources. And I don't so, think we mentioned this week either, but there's there's a, there's a couple of new links on there, so we try to keep it keep the website up to date if there's new stuff or if you've got suggestions. Um, did you put the stuff drugdangers.com uh, and I think that there's uh Did you put the, the sex addiction stuff up there? That'll be up there by Next Yeah, week. that'll be up there. Yeah. Okay. New links. Check it okay. out. Okay. All the shows. Okay, so let's uh let's get on with our show tonight. His vice of choice was more Howdy, Steve. Oh, Rick. <laughs> so, um, so it's been seventy-four shows before you asked me to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It I'm, took I us, feel special. It took us a little while to get to you, but we, you know, we did. We're yeah, shooting we for a hundred, but I guess we had to make we a compromise this, here this week. We did the prison stuff, the sex addiction stuff. We, yeah. we got that all out of the way before yeah. we got to you. Yeah. Wanted to clear I the deck. All those, if you need. Wanted to clear the decks for you. You know all what I'm right. saying? Good. Yeah. So, um, so my first question to you. So, when did you um, feel like the the need for more started? When did you When did you know, um, like uh, that that there was something? I don't know if, if that would be called different, or I don't know how you would frame that. But when when do you first remember that that being a part of you? Well, I think it, I think it really started out in something like um, never measuring up as opposed to being I needed more. It was uh, probably more more in line with, you know, our house wasn't nice enough. Um, my dad was a teacher. My mom stayed at home, although she was a registered nurse, and we didn't, you know, my friends had nicer houses or they had dads had better jobs or, um, you know, whatever it was. Um, so I, I I I think you know from first memory uh, between that and uh, um, also things like um, basketball and the grade schools and stuff like that. I was uh, there was always one guy. Seems like anything I did, there was one person better than me, hmm. and I had to find a way to uh, beat them at whatever I did. Hmm. And so. Uh, to say I was competitive was I talk in the past tense, but it's it's probably um, not not as all encompassing. But it, I don't know that it'll ever totally leave. Still got that. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it was more. Like, it was more like you felt like you felt like less 
than you wanted more than than a conscious. Yeah, I can still remember uh, uh, an instance where my parents actually um, noticed it or sensed it or whatever, and took me to part of the. I, I grew up in Indiana, and they t- in a small, it's a lot smaller now, but anyway, a town that they took me to the lower side of town, if you will, and were were telling me that, well, see, look at these houses and look at these shacks. We don't, you don't have it so bad. And I, I, I don't know specifically what I did at that point, but I know what I was thinking. Let's go to the other side of town and look at the really nice houses. That's what I think we should have. That's what I think we should have. You mm-hmm. know, so. So they were trying to. Sh- they were try- somehow or another. They they were aware that you had a, a little, um, thought that you would like things better or. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, I thought you deserved more. <laughs> so, what were the? I mean, looking back on it, of course, you know, you're looking. You, I know you're looking back a ways. That's you know, a but long way back. That's a long. That's a long way back. So, looking back at it, what do you think is the setup for that type of of um, way of looking at the world? You know that that world that you that the way that you well the world. you know I was never really satisfied mm. you know never really happy um, never really felt part of or good enough mm. uh, I suppose all those things and and um, did it just come with the package or did did uh, well red, I think the red hair I, I have red hair <laughs> and I what's left are you left-handed and uh, no actually there's you know not that I know of <laughs> but uh, you know I, I don't know people would call me red and I and I just you know I'd run away or do something you know I just didn't want to I didn't want to be who I was hmm. I didn't you know I didn't like the I I love my red hair now. Hmm. Any hair is good, but you know <laughs> at this point, yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. get quite a bit, so that's yeah, good. Yeah, and uh, I actually like it, so it, it's just—I was going to say distinguished. That's not the right word. It's distinctive, or you know, those sound pretty good. Disgusting, somewhere in there. <laughs> it's one of those discords. <laughs> I got dissed by it many times, but uh, but it made you feel different, different at the time. Yeah, absolutely yeah. different. And uh, I don't know, there weren't many. Um, I, I don't remember back that far, but there, I don't remember that many redheaded people. Can I help you red or whatever? That mm-hmm. was better than hey you. But at the time, I, I remember in a grocery store. I was very young, and they asked me that, and I just walked out of the store. Mm-hmm. I was going down for with, for my mom to get something, and and uh, I mean this was a long time ago, and uh, I don't remember much, but I do I do re- remember this. Uh, Guy at grocery at a meat counter or whatever, and, and uh, I just walked out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what happened after that. Some, I mean, I guess some people just are na- naturally more sensitive about feeling different, what, for whatever reason, with good, bad, or otherwise. It's just the way it is. Yeah, and you know, the I guess looking back, you know, and done a lot of searching over the years, and uh, part of it is that. Uh, well, it, just, it was probably just predisposed that. Mm-hmm. You know, not just not comfortable, and um, <clears throat> I had to achieve some in some ways and other you know to just feel part of. Um, I just um, and a lot of the rewards in my family growing up were 
I got and in, in, in later in life, I got rewarded for some of my really absurd character defects, like uber competitive and hmm. and uh, you know just totally you know um, obsessed with certain things, and I and I get rewarded for that because of sports and hmm. because of success in business or a success in in um, you know. Um, uh, other areas, and uh, you know, I mean, grades were somewhat important, but kind of secondary. As mm-hmm. long as I had you were A's and B's, you know. You were in uh, athletics when you were young, forever. My yeah. dad was a coach, mm-hmm. and uh, the high school I grew up in was very big in basketball in Indiana. And the the stadium seated about ninety five hundred. It was packed every week. And uh, so that's what I want to do. I was actually a better baseball player, but, you know, my ego said I needed to play where all those people were going to pay to see me. And, mm-hmm. and it was me. <laughs> but, I, but see, I was never, I was never the best. Mm. There was a guy on the team that was all, all state, all American, played at Indiana and then played professional football. Guy went to Kentucky, who was a big school and he was a number he played started on Kentucky on a national team, uh, national championship team. So you know, but it was a big school, so it was a small duck in a big pond. Yeah. So, so well, talk about talk a little bit about what your like what your family was like and what what it was like for you when you were, you know, younger. Um, I I was the oldest. I had two brothers and a sister. Um. Uh, you know, my parents were loving parents, and so my grandparents were, I really liked him because he was a pharmacist and he seemed to have money, and, you know, he took me to the, he took, um, took me to the World Series when I was, in, and I, I loved baseball, in the sixth grade, went oh. to New York, wow, you know, and I had arrived. This was, a, I, I remember running around the block, yelling at the top of my lungs, we're going to the World Series, I'm going to the World Series. <laughs> And uh, it was it was just kind of bizarre. And then went again in the ninth grade, both times to New York, stayed in penthouses or suites or whatever. And I remember ordering ice from the room service and all that stuff. And, <laughs> you know, ice. That's big stuff. Yeah, yeah. That was big time. Yeah. And uh, the Reds were in one one year, and the Brewers were the first year. And I could I could probably still name the players. Um, I was so excited. So it was pretty cool. Were you comp- were you competitive because you know were you competitive anyway, or were you more competitive because of your dad's uh, being the coach or being a coach? Who knows? I was competitive. You were just competitive anyway. Yeah. yeah. Who who knows the reason? Certainly he was. And and you know I'm, I've sort of once again over the years kind of looked at it and and I I if I wanted to I would. I would strive so hard, work for somebody so hard to succeed so we would succeed. Uh, And I'd almost kill myself. Or I would just screw off and do nothing, right? You know, it was like if I didn't like him, didn't respect him or whatever, I just, I didn't do anything. So I liked attention, bad or good. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but a dominating person, my dad was very dominating. Mm Mm-hmm. And the uh, high school basketball coach was, he was the assistant basketball head baseball coach. And the head basketball coach was very dominating. 
And the same was uh, in, in college. I played at Miami of Ohio. And um, the head coach, if anybody knows basketball at all, um, the head coach I had there had trained Bob Knight. Oh. So um, In chair throwing? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> they, they, he was the head coach at West Point when Knight yeah. was his assistant. And, hmm. and uh, so they were both maniacs. He's written a couple books about... Um, if you saw the movie, I can't remember the one with Shaq was in it. Recruit. Um, anyway, doesn't matter. But, but he, he was pretty, he was on the edge. He was a hardcore. He was on the edge. He was a hardcore guy. Did you ever? Do you, do you feel like you ever? Um, did you ever get your dad's approval? I mean, did 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 you ever cross that bridge? With yeah, him? yeah, I think so. But you know, it's interesting that you should ask that because recently, I've sort of, you know. I think you'd be proud of me, huh. you know. Uh, I, you know, I've, I've said that said that a few times along the business way, mm-hmm. and um, I wish he could have seen it, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's been gone a long time, right? He's been yeah ninety. Yeah. So mm-hmm. my mom was died in uh, thirty years ago, probably. Mm-hmm. So when did uh, when what, what did you? Uh, uh, what did you find as as a solution to your discomfort? Well, uh, sort of take it in stages. I I was probably pretty comfortable, and I probably actually enjoyed like through sixth grade or something like that. I liked my dad being the coach. He he ran the summer leagues, and every place we went, we played baseball. And if there weren't enough players, and there never was, I got to play in the morning. Mm-hmm. We went to a different park in the afternoon, and I played in a different park in the afternoon. So that was great. And I got to be a little chub in seventh and eighth grade and, and um, wasn't so good. And then the ninth grade, I probably grew eight, ten inches between eighth and ninth grade. And um, then I realized he he was a coach, right? And then all of a sudden, I became the coach's son. I did not like that at all. Um, that was... Uh, you know, well, the only reason you make the team is because you're a coach's son. The only, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and even if it wasn't, it would look that way. Yeah, yeah, and I don't think it was. Hmm. Um, you know, I think I was good looking back, but I, you were good when, enough, I, when I was in the middle of it. I felt like it. Yeah. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, but the same thing. I, I played baseball, basketball, football, and uh, um, we had excellent teams of basketball, and it was super competitive. And you can imagine with that many. I mean, it was it was the focus of the town. Yeah. And we were in a league that there were the biggest gym in the world, high school gym in the world, was in the league. Ours is the second biggest in the world. And then there's other teams that were in the top ten. There were two or three others that we played in that were in the top. I mean, there are seven, eight thousand people when you're sixteen, seventeen years old. It it really it really uh, feeds your ego. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So when did the booze start? <laughs> Let's uh, just cut to the chase. <laughs> well, actually, not much in high school. Maybe maybe uh, three, four or five times. Yeah. Um, you know my dad's coach again. Yeah, so and you don't, so yeah. occasionally, a couple of times I came home drunk, and he was upset. And 
He said, I'm not going to tell. And I'm sure I put him in a really weird position because been another kid, he would have told. And, um, Who would he tell? The head coach? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Or, or he would, he could, he could, in, you know, invoke sanctions. So. Right. But he didn't. He did not. So I really didn't. Then. Mm-hmm. But, but uh, he and I weren't getting along. You know, with the strong personalities, I either was with you and worked my ass off, or I fought you. And we had moved on to the fighting stage. Mm. And so um, I had actually gotten a scholarship to to a university in Indiana. Not Indiana, Butler, actually. And um, um, at the last minute, I pulled it and said, no, I don't want to go there because my dad had something to do with getting that. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going to the Naval Academy prep school in um, Delaware. And... Um, I never did go to the Naval Academy. I don't know exactly the reason. The story I tell is because I'm colorblind <laughs> and uh, wanted to fly. I think that was a piece of it. The real thing was I was scared to death of going to, you know, in the war. I don't, I don't know all that. That was a piece of it. I mean, that was and that was a lot of years. years. What years would that would have been? A uh, sixty-six, sixty-seven, sixty-seven is when I graduated. Mm-hmm. It was actually a junior college. Mm-hmm. So I ended up not going on to the Naval Academy and uh, ended up back at Miami in, a, in my university in Ohio. So, yeah. So, but the the story is that I went to um, Delaware, and it, and it was one of the first days of uh, school there, and I remember these guys. We played ball in the afternoon, and then we took a car to Chesapeake Bay. I still remember it, and we all got a quart of beer. And nobody knew I was a coach's son. People had heard I was an All-American from Indiana, which was a lie. I didn't tell them, but I didn't tell them I wasn't either. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if that's lying. But uh, anyway, I I still remember sitting sitting there drinking, chugging these, I think it was Colt 45 malt liquor. And, And I remember the feeling I got. And I felt part of something. These guys, they didn't care who I was, didn't know who I was. They cared because they thought I was really a good basketball player and I was going to help them. And I felt part of something for the first time. I was probably 17, 18 years old at the time. And, uh, you know, I drank and used from that point trying to get that same feeling. There was some hole that that filled. And, um, you know, I felt part of something. You know, I, I wouldn't say I was... Uh, I wasn't unpopular in high school. You know, I mean, I ran around with whoever wanted to run around. I never was close. I was close friends with a couple guys. I was in guys' weddings. So I guess they, you know, I was best man at a couple of them. So, you know, but I, I never told anybody secrets or things about me. Um, you know, I, it was just all about, you know, the next lie about who I'm going to make out with next or or uh, who I was with last night and how far I went and all that stuff, those lies, you know. But um, it would never got into how I felt huh. or how I hurt or or any of those kinds of things. We we had a guy come live with us who was a bigger guy, and he'd gotten into some trouble. My dad took him in. That was my freshman year of high school. And he protected me. 
Duke was his name. <laughs> he he protected me. And if anybody gave me any crap, you know, Duke was there. Yeah. And, and Duke the enforcer. Yeah. yeah, he was a big boy and uh, played football. And and uh, my dad had helped him get out of jail. And he was willing to do anything for me. And he would he could do just about anything. He was the biggest guy I ever knew. And so I felt empowered to be just about anything. But you why, know, do you, why do you think, I mean, I don't know if you can answer this or not, but why do you think that you were um, un, you know, I, I don't know if unable is even really the word, but it, why do you think you were you were not in a position to share anything with anybody about, you know, any feelings or anything? You mentioned that you didn't share that stuff with anybody. Why? I mean, what's the... I don't know that I was ever trained to, you know, I never, never saw it, never, never it. you know, and I don't, I mean, my parents were loving, you know, but, yeah. you know, they would try to do things like tell me about the birds and the bees. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got that, Dad. I'm I'm all over that, you know, you know there's nothing you can tell me about. And I, there's probably a lot he could have told me about it, but I chose, not, you know, I didn't want to hear it from my dad. You know, right. whatever it was, it was like it would ruin any yeah. any fantasy I might have would be out the window. So uh, it just it, wasn't a thing that you. I, I, I never knew any guys that did it, and I never let any guys do it. So, I mean, it was always it was always about the next event, or what are you doing this weekend, or did you see that game last night, or. You know, George of the Jungle is our favorite, you know, cartoon. And Saturday at noon, we were hitting the tube and watching George and, and you know, those grown-up things. So Yeah. Yeah. So do you think, because you mentioned, I think you used the term, like, you know, that you, there was something missing or there was a hole in the soul mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Are those things related, the fact that you weren't, like, connected to people that way and that and that hole and or what what was missing? Well, that's. I think that's all a part of. Feel, that's all something about feeling a part of something or belonging mm-hmm. to something. And I didn't realize until some time later that by giving of myself and sharing of myself, that I actually started belonging to something. Yeah. Right. I never didn't connect it, those two events. I don't know if it, I was ever told or learned or, you know, I didn't really study much. I was pretty bright, mm-hmm. so I didn't have to study. And the, uh, you know. I did run into some issues, and in, in I was gone for two weeks at a national tournament, didn't study, and they come back and they were doing some sort of math that was oh. cosines and S-curves <laughs> and infinity of the S-curve, and I was totally lost. And so i got to get out of here quick. <laughs> I'm going to stay alive in school. So, you know. But I, I never connected the dots. I don't know if anyone tried to do it with me, probably did. Um, but it's interesting, my own dynamics with my mom and my dad was at some point it was my mom, I was closer to my dad at first, and then it became my mom because she was, a, she would at least listen to me that he was picking on me, you know, or mm-hmm. something, or I was getting picked on and she, yeah, it's okay. That's, you know, but, but I, I can still remember that. And that was a long time ago, uh, in Chesapeake Bay. And sitting on the standing on the sand and just talking and feeling part of something and and it was really cool and I really wanted to to get that feeling again. Okay, well I think what we'll do is that's a good place maybe to break 
and we'll do about five minutes here, and then we'll come back and we'll pick it up and we'll talk some more about uh, maybe what what happened then and where that where that led us. What are we gonna What are we gonna hear? We've got a couple a couple of tracks tonight from uh, what was it? Little John? Is that what we were no, looking for? Little, little Walter. Oh, I'm sorry. Our little listeners John, are gonna be I very surprised. No, Little Walter. We got a Juke and Me Little John. Yeah. Yeah. Was that Big John? Big John. That was Little John. They called him Little John, but he was big. They called him Little, but he was a mountain. Okay, it's but it's Little Walter. Little Walter. Yeah. Okay. Let's show the man. We'll get back to the Robin Hood stuff later. Yeah, Little John and Jr. Here, I think so. Listeners, enjoy the enjoy the music. We'll be back with you in five.
Internet radio. Now that I've said that twice, for uh, those of us in the studio audience are wondering because I didn't turn the volume up for our uh, for our guests out there in Internet so, Radio Land. But yeah, we're good so to go. Welcome back to Recovery Internet Radio. Welcome, welcome back. back <laughs> hope you enjoyed the uh, hope you enjoyed the tunes there. We've been having a discussion with Steve here. Our tag this evening was his vice of choice was more. So if you're just joining us, uh, thanks for being here. And if uh, you've been here from the beginning, well, uh, keep on listening. If you'd like to call in. Feel free to do so. Our number is 323-792-2977. We can take your calls live on the air. Or you can reach us uh, during the show if you have any questions or comments on Twitter at Rick Atwater or find us on Facebook at Recovery Internet Radio. Take it away. Okay. Ready to go? So I guess what, I, what I'm what i thinking about is, um, so from that point, you know, the, you know the, the quart of beer in the car or the quart of well, liquor, which is worth about a quart and a half by my calculations. Um, what happened? I mean, what was the progression of your what was the progression of your alcoholism? What happened? Where to go? How did it work? It progressed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. Yes, I, apparently it did. Yes, yes, it did. Um, I don't know. I felt I felt I fit in. Um, I was a much better dancer. Um, whatever, better, better looking, better looking. Um, you know, I, I, I mean, everything felt better. I felt okay with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got a, a fake ID, and um, <clears throat> you know, I was at a. Turned out it was a you know a church, uh, college. So you know, you had to go to. Uh, you know, I, I pulled every scam. Right, I was a jock, and they put me in charge of taking the. The tokens for people to make sure they showed up to church services. I took their their tokens and I left and turned them in and I never went. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know I got paid to watch the gym at night and I just turned the lights on and went to the 
to the restaurant for a couple hours, went back, turned them off again. I did turn them on, did turn them off, but you know, you know, essentially, uh, pretty well scammed as much as I could and uh, tried to get away with this. But I mean, you know, at that point, I was either drinking or thinking about drinking pretty much all the time. Mm. I showed up to practice a couple times drunk. Um, we were in a national tournament. Um, I got drunk the night before, could barely walk the next day. Uh, we were in Kansas, and, uh, you know, big-time scouts were there and everything, and I just pretty well screwed it up. So, uh, I don't know. It, 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 it was the same. And then uh, uh, shortly after I graduated from college, um, one of the guys that was at school I graduated in 69, so it was just right at the beginning of the drug uh, stuff, or at least uh, at a Midwest school like Miami. It was a pretty preppy school. Everybody went with polished shoes, and, you know, they got their shirts starched inside. <laughs> I had jeans and desert boots. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, <clears throat> I you know, I just, right after that, went to work for an uh, uh, oil company, and... Um, guy that lived down the street was a drug salesman that would be is in marijuana drugs mm-hmm. and uh, so I was off and running mm-hmm. um, I found connections and I always had a kilo pretty much you know for social occasions and that would uh, be 2.2 pounds yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> for those of you, that's, that's probably, a, pretty, a pretty big occasion, actually, when you think about right. it. Right, and, you know, I, I really liked smoking uh, weed and rolling joints at the same time, so I had a managed jar, a Costco-sized managed jar that I roll joints with at the same time I was smoking because I was really worried about running out. So uh, so you always had a fairly good size A, a managed jar. Managed jar. <laughs> The size of doobies, just in case I, a party broke out, <laughs> or not. <laughs> and I was always worried about running out. I was paranoid. I can't imagine that. So anyway, that's pretty much that's pretty much it. I quit a quit a job and uh, bought a 1950. We talked about mm, the hearse, yeah, 52 yeah. Cadillac hearse, and uh, it had the camp had a camper. On the back, like a pickup camper, they'd taken the the hearse or the, the chariot, but it was a it was a small town in Ohio, and it was an ambulance and a uh, um, also a hearse. And on the front of it, it had um, ambulance, and they took off the AM and the NCE, and so the name of it was Beulah, B-U-L-A. <laughs> and we traveled around the country about two years in that. Worked in New Orleans as waiters and had, you know. You're married by now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Got, what um, did your wife think about the mayonnaise jar? Oddly enough, well, I don't think she was concerned about the mayonnaise jar. Just how often I went into it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't. Steve, are you making a sandwich again? Yeah. Well, the mayonnaise jar, I ate the mayonnaise, you know, it's a cycle. When I get hungry, I eat the mayonnaise, and then and I get rid of it. I don't, you know. You don't remember her being concerned about it? No. She was with me. Were you concerned about it? No. Mm-hmm. No. I thought it was cool. 
Mm-hmm. My parents thought I was, we were going to turn into gypsies. Uh, I had a really good job. I worked for a marathon oil company, you know, big time company, and mm-hmm. um, I just quit. And uh, I was a waiter in New Orleans, a place called Brennan's, which uh, was one of the finest restaurants probably in New Orleans, one of the best ones in the world. And I shooshed around and flambéed food at table and desserts and Caesar salad and all that stuff. And, and my wife, she worked at the Marriott. We, we did all this. You know, we saw the last Cape Canaveral launch. And we went out west. We did a lot of the national parks and all that stuff. I was a, worked in a package store in New Mexico. Uh, went down the Grand Canyon for 10, with 10 days and um, skied snowmass in Aspen. And, uh, you know, we had friends in Aspen. They were the ones that actually took us to the, or invited us to go down the Grand Canyon. They were all pharmacists. So we had a really good... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> interesting time going down the canyon. So when when did it catch up to you? Well, it's it was starting to. I almost got kicked out both college. I got I got um I don't know what you call it, but basically in trouble. Reprimanded or Yeah, it wasn't it was short of going to jail, but you know, it was you know, I got off both times. I got room campus in one of them. And um, the other one in the, at Miami, it was a little stiffer. Almost got kicked out of school and kicked out, you know. So that got me. Um, Indianapolis, I got thrown in jail. Uh, you know, at the 500, it's almost impossible to get thrown in jail at the 500, but I did it. And uh, I mean, everybody's drunk, and so they really had to pick out the the, the litter to get to that, right? So, but it didn't occur. It did, this didn't occur to you. This is just this is trouble, but it's not like this is all bells. before that was. Those five instances were before yeah. I got married. Yeah. Um, and then I then you know we moved, uh, took a job with a Fortune five a Fortune fifty company in New Mexico. And uh, then got, you know, got promoted, went to California. Mm-hmm. And um, within a very few months, I got my first, what was in those days, DWI 502. They called them deuces. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I got the first one there. And, it, you know, it stopped. Mm-hmm. It started, you know. Mm-hmm. But they didn't make me go to those A&A meetings. Which I wasn't really fond of. That you had to idea. take the classes or whatever. No, it was. no, they just said uh, it was uh, no. I didn't in the first one. Mm-hmm. A couple of years later, I got my second one. Mm-hmm. And that's when the classes came, and I had to go to a, an AA meeting every other week. And after twelve weeks, I was uh, five meetings behind. <laughs> <laughs> so I really liked those meetings. That was one, right. one meeting I went to. Yeah. So it was Easter weekend, 1981. Uh, they told me if I wasn't caught up on my meetings by Monday, I'd go back to court, basically jail. Hmm. So, well, it's Easter, don't you understand? You know. So right. anyway, uh, I did not that you've been putting it off for the other 11 weeks. <laughs> yeah, right. right, right. So anyway, um, uh, it, it was on me. Yeah, you know, and by that Sunday night, uh, and I'd already promised not to. I don't know how many times I promised not to drink again. Many times. Who did you promise? 
uh, Alice, myself, my Alice, my wife, myself, my parents after the Indianapolis thing, my coach and college, you know, mm-hmm. take your pick. Mm-hmm. Whoever whoever had the heat on me is who I who you promise. I pro- apologize and promise not to do it again, right? Right. And uh, that's probably all pretty typical. So by that Sunday night, Easter Sunday, I had gone to five meetings and it was getting close and I did what I thought was the most logical thing as I got drunk. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the heat was on and, and there they read portions of chapter five and three and and um, what they talked about is the things we tried, you know, and uh, agreeing to s- stop with and without solemn moves. Well, what's solemn mean, you know? And, Switching from scotch to brandy. Well, I went from scotch to wine, so it's not really, you know, so I don't really qualify yet. And so by Sunday night, I qualified, and I was drunk. So, so a few months uh, go by after that, and uh, um, you know, I'd sworn off, and you know, by by that time, uh, my mom was dying of cancer, and um, we went home. You know, I. I got a, got really drunk. I guess this is pretty funny. I don't know. It's, it's almost funny to be now. But the night before a big presentation, I got really loaded. And uh, I was getting ready to, to, to put it on. And and um, <clears throat> my wife took away the, the keys and said, you can't perform. You can't you can't go to work. And I called some guys and said, i got to go to work. I'm going. So... Uh, um, she she took my keys, said you can't go, and so I went and showered, put on a three piece suit, looking good, walking down the street. I didn't didn't want to have him come to my house to pick pick me up. I told him to come around the street because I didn't want a confrontation. So as I'm walking down the street, I looked down and uh, I didn't have any shoes and socks. I didn't even know it. I started to cry. And uh, for the first time, uh, you know, I just, it was over, you know. But did I stop then? No. You know, I was telling you about my my mom was dying of uh, cancer at the time. And so I agreed not to drink. I said, I'll be back in six weeks. I'll check into this treatment center. Uh, And um, you told your mom this? My wife. Your wife. And... uh, so I went out to see because I wanted to go out and see my mom. We were living in California at the time, and so uh, went there. And uh, um, so I didn't drink, but what I did was steal uh, morphine from my mom. So that wasn't drinking. So I mean, that's my best thinking. Cause yeah, that made sense to me. Sure. So um, <clears throat> that's really a class guy stealing morphine from your mom who's dying of cancer. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so fast forward a little bit more, and uh, September 1st, I was supposed to go into treatment. And uh, t- to my knowledge, in all the years, I've never heard anybody else say that they called into the hospital sick, saying that I'll be there September 2nd. I I can't quite make it today. I can't go to the hospital. I can't go I'm to the hospital. Well. I'm not feeling well enough. <laughs> <laughs> to my knowledge, and all the stories I've heard in all the years, I don't know if anybody else has called in sick to the hospital. That was my best thinking when I got here. Hmm. Yeah. So that was one question, and half an hour that I... Yeah, but, but I, yeah no, it was good. That, that was good. That gets us. That gets us to you know. So, so you went to treatment, and 
Did after you finished treatment, did you stay sober? So far. Okay. So far. All right. Um, that was September second, nineteen eighty one. So, so, so like, so so far I have. And um, did it fill the hole in your soul? Uh, it has. Um, I don't know if it's a quick story. It's at least a story. <laughs> it's worth. Yeah. It's worth. Yeah. It, it maybe two, maybe two years sober. Uh, my uh, there was a pretty good sized meeting that I went to on Thursday nights, and um, uh, you know I I kind of wanted to be secretary. You know that that would be pretty much in charge, and mm-hmm. I could pretty well call the shots. And people weren't getting good speak. It was a speakers meeting for the and. Uh, you know, fortunately for me, my my sponsor's wife was also in the program, and she actually won the sponsor, or she won the secretary. But he came up to me and let me know I got second. <laughs> <laughs> and so, so I was put in charge of the coffee making for yeah. for the meeting. Three hundred and seventy five cups of coffee. Um, set up the meeting, or I don't know. 300 people putting the chairs down every week. And then I got put in charge of greeting. And then I got put and and at some point my wife suggested cuz I was bitching and moaning about something, you know, that I was putting too much time in. She said, well, "Why don't you take the kids? Help you set up." And uh so so I did. It was just there was a little room in the back and they it was uh, Thursday night. My son had uh, spelling, so I'd give him spelling words, and he'd write them on the board. My daughter was two at the time, three, I don't know, very young. And uh, in those days, they had actually had, uh, they're still smoking in churches, if you can believe it. So she put ashtrays in every other chair as I was putting the chairs down. And there was a little bitty football when we were done. Um, we tossed it around. And so for the first time, I started to reconnect with my kids, mm. and by the end of that year, I felt a part of something. And that hole that I had tried to fill when I was a freshman in college, I was starting to fill and to become almost full. Um, you know, by giving of myself and doing something for others, and not really expecting too much in return. And, and, it, and it's interesting to me that if you if you had, um, you know, you kind of wanted to be the secretary so you could be the, you know, the, the guy in charge, and instead what filled the hole was... Giving of myself. The other stuff, yeah. not that. Right. And that, I guess that would be called, this, this being in charge would be the ego side, and giving of yourself would be... Not the ego, or would get well. As I, what what I've come to really understand it to be is more this the spiritual side, which is giving of myself and not expecting anything in return. Yeah. Right. So, so I, I, you know, I had a, a big trouble with spirituality, and a lot of these words that I've tried to just define so I'm comfortable with, and in that particular one, it's giving myself mm-hmm. um, selflessly, and if I do that. And I feel I'm on a spiritual, I don't think I'm a spiritual person necessarily, but at least it leads me to a spiritual path. You know, one of the things I wanted to ask you is like you've been, 
you know, you've been a reasonably successful guy from from most people's perspective. You know, you've had good jobs, you've you know made you know good money, you live in a nice house, all that stuff. Did that did that do it for you? Well, it's better than <laughs> having it's better than the alternative. Yeah. yeah. But there's you know, on any of that stuff there's price to be paid, but I I don't I, you know at my at our son's wedding I was asked to give a, a um toast. And you know, I didn't know what it was gonna be, you know, of course I hadn't prepared for it or and it was about a week before, and I don't know, there was some admin sitting around, and and they were talking or something, and I and I kind of came into the conversation, and they said, "Well, Steve, you you've been successful, uh, you know, what what's your some something to that effect?" And I said, "Well, it depends on what your definition of success is," and I, and and I, they said, "Well, what's your definition of success?" And then I thought for a little bit, and I said to be loved by the people that I love. Mm-hmm. And so the toast at our son's wedding was I wish them a lot of success. And I'll define the success to you, which is being loved by the people that you love. And so I wish them all the success in the world. And that's how you fill the hole, huh? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what would you say, you know, what would you say to um, those people out there who are, they they are carrying that same emptiness that you, that you carried? How, how do you, you know, the new guys coming in, how do you help them with that, with that empty feeling? Well, I, I try to do a lot of the same things that um, I was shown or told to do. Actually, the program I'm in, I don't know how open this is, but basically there, there are 12 steps in it. And and I believe that all but two of them, you can start doing from the day you walk in the door. And so essentially he gave me a list and I give people a list of things to do. Um, and they're basically working the 10 of the steps of, mm-hmm. of um, you know, um, um, Alcoholics Anonymous type program. Yeah, and it's it's um, coming to believe in a higher uh, power greater than myself. Now, it, you know, that didn't come naturally. It came more of a uh, reading books and getting you know trying to get out of myself and getting doing physical exercise and just trying to clear my mind and do those kinds of things and. Realizing that I've made a lot of mistakes because I I really truly believed I was a good guy who just drank too much. Yeah, and I was misunderstood. You think most people think that when they come in? Uh, a lot of people. I do. don't. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I've heard a lot of stories. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I think there's a good number that feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that some people say I knew I was an alcoholic. And I didn't know that. You know, I didn't know what an alcoholic was. Mm. Uh, it wasn't until many years later that I realized that both my parents were probably, they certainly had um, addictive personalities, and they used, um, given the situation, my mom with pills and my dad with, with booze, um, they had all the indications that they were some sort of addict or alcoholic. But you wouldn't have- 
but that was normal for you from what you what you knew then. So and they and, yeah. and they functioned and they went to work every day. And my dad was a you know my mom was a school nurse and you know the reason she took those pills was because of me. You know I I led her to you know to be crazy. You know and nerve it was nerve medicine in the fifties, right? Nerve pills. Yeah. yeah and my uh, family owned some drugstores, so she got all the samples and. Uh, there's Milltown and Meprobamate and, you know, those basic the nerve medicines. And they were all prescribed, by the way. So, you know, in her mind, um, and the fact that she had a 5,000-pill jar was maybe an indicator or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. It's a very – she had her own medicine. <laughs> uh, so um, where, where are you at with uh, uh, the more uh, today? I don't know that it'll ever totally go away. Mm. Um, Some of it is to laugh at, for me, um, the awareness and being able to laugh at myself. Mm. You know, when I'm in the middle of trying to, whatever it is, some the, my next big deal, right? Catch and, yourself doing the more and, thing, and again. I'm like, just you know, just start laughing at myself, right? And <laughs> or somebody. Flips a you know mirror back at me and says you know you're bitching and moaning about that those are those are Cadillac problems right that you're moaning about and, uh, <laughs> and they are but they're still real you know and yeah. and uh, they still hurt or they still give me fear and I still have to work to to get into faith again you know it comes it's 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 not a forever thing I think one and I. And I've learned a lot in the last, I don't know, six, eight, ten years, something like that, in terms of just realizations like talking to ministers and they and you know, I'm I'm looking up to him because he understands God better than I do. And I'm talking to him and, and I said, Well, God as I understand him and he looks at me and he says, Steve, it's God as I understand him too. I don't have a direct route to him. You know, I don't know who he is or what he looks like or anything. I just have faith. Just like you do, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's that's really that's really good, you know. That was good for me because I didn't feel inferior because even today, like know, maybe how you believe is just fine, just just fine, you know. And I'm comfortable with that. And some right. of the other things that that happen, I'm I, I just become well, that's okay. Yeah, you know, that I'm I'm never gonna get out. I'm I'm never gonna get rid of my ego. Mm-hmm. Right, it, it will come, and I and I have to get into action and try to get out of self and do those things. My ego drove me to want to to be competitive. That wanted to be business wise successful and sports wise successful and parent wise successful. I mean, I'm driven, and I want the best. And and so. You know, get rewarded for it on one hand, but, you know, and then it's that B word, right, which is the ever-elusive balance. And someday I hope to be in balance, but I'm always a bubble off. And, you and it, more to see more. Yeah, and, <laughs> and you know what? All I'm trying to do is become a bubble off. You know? <laughs> if you're one bubble off, that's a good day. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a good thing. So. All right, well, I think we're probably about at the end of our uh a discussion for this evening, and uh, I think it was a good one. I really, I really, uh, you know, first of all, 
what chance is what what chance is there that there are two guys sitting here that both own hearses? Uh, I, I just don't find that you know because we've talked about that. That's that's just odd. But I really I do I have to say that. But I do appreciate you coming and and talking about this and find and finding a way to uh, I think put wrap some really good words around stuff that's not easy to talk about. You know stuff that's not easy to explain. And uh, so. You know, I like it that you uh, have have found a way to fill up the hole. That's a that's a good thing, and I'm glad that you were able to be here tonight, even though it was show 75 <laughs> <laughs> or four. Excuse me. Yeah, just think how that 75 guy is gonna feel. <laughs> anyway, yeah. the uh, over and under was three questions you would ask, and I'd be able to take up an hour. <laughs> You did pretty good. So thanks to our listeners and our studio audience for being here tonight and making us a successful little underground support source for the recovering community. We'll send out our reminders for next week's show, um, usually later in the week. If you want to be on the email reminder list, go to the website, recoveryinternetradio.com. Thank you. Yeah, please uh, sign up. That's a great, that's a great reminder. It's a nice yeah. little, it's a nice little note. And if, if if it's not your thing that week, send it on to somebody that you might think might be interested. We really hope that you do. Um, remember to ch- to check our website, uh, recoveryinternetradio.com. I think we try to say it at least six times every show. Six is show. good. Yeah. Six is good. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all our archive shows and to sign up again for our email reminder list. Remember too that we want to hear from you. So we know where you are because because it's an internet radio show. We don't know where our listeners. Uh, are located. We do not, but you can listen anywhere, so that's nice for you. It is. So as always, live today, love yourself and your neighbor, and together we'll trudge the happy road to destiny. We hope you've enjoyed the show, and we'll see you at 8 o'clock next Sunday night. Thanks, everybody. Thank you.